Welcome to Inspired by Failure, Lessons Learned from the Journey of Epic Ideas. I'm your host, Michi Yamamoto. This is where we talk to inventors and learn from their successes and failures to inspire us and help us change the world. In this episode, I interview Steve Hoffman. Steve works with startup founders all over the globe. He believes there is a fundamental difference between being an inventor and being an innovator. He is looking for somebody who can apply the existing inventions to create values for customers. I'm curious how an inventor can acquire entrepreneurship skills and become an innovative inventor. We have a Facebook group where we can continue our conversation about him or his ideas. Please check out michiyamamoto.com. Thank you, Steve, for joining the show today. Why do people call you Captain Hoff? Yes, my name is Steve Hoffman, but in Silicon Valley, they call me Captain Hoff because I'm the captain and CEO of Founderspace. Founderspace is a global incubator and accelerator for startups. So we work with over 50 partners in 22 countries, helping startups come up with their ideas, innovate, launch their products, and then go to market all around the world. What made you change your job from television executive to an inventor and to an investor? I've gone through many career changes throughout <laughs> my lifetime. So I began as an electrical computer engineer. Uh, then I switched to film and television. I rose up the ranks and became a te television executive in Hollywood. And while I was doing that, I got an opportunity to go to Japan and actually design video games. So ever since I was young, I dreamed of designing games, coming up with new concepts, and I couldn't resist the opportunity to go to Japan and do this. So I went to Japan. I,、uh, it was an incredible experience、uh, designing all sorts of games. And then、um, after that, I wanted to start my own company. So I decided to come back home. And my home is the San Francisco Bay Area. So I came back here and I started a company called Lava Mind, which is a game company. And we made games. About being an entrepreneur. And this kind of set me on my course. So I was an entrepreneur and I was creating all these games about being about entrepreneurship and business and management. They did extremely well. And then all of a sudden, the internet became a huge thing. So at that time, I partnered with one of my best friends from film school and we launched a company. That kind of merged、uh, entertainment and technology. It was an interactive television company called Spider Dance. And we raised venture capital, and it was、uh, a really a roller coaster ride. That sounds exciting. What is the current project you're excited about? So, today,、um, after doing three venture funded startups and two non venture funded startups, five different startups, In Silicon Valley, I started Founderspace. In, in Founderspace, I travel all over the globe 
working with startup founders, helping to mentor them, coach them, uh, helping them go around really big obstacles so that they can, a lot of times startup founders, they just hit a wall and they can't go further. And it's our job to really help them navigate around that and be successful. So I travel a lot. I spend a lot of time in China because China is such a huge market and there are, you know, so many entrepreneurs there, but I also work in Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, Malaysia, all across Asia, as well as all across Europe. So most of my time I spend traveling, I'd say roughly 60%. You are working with people from different parts of the world. You hear about many cool new ideas. How can you tell if an idea is going to be successful? Okay, there are a couple of factors that are top in my mind when I look at a new startup. So number one is the people and primarily the CEO. So I want to see if that CEO has what it takes to launch a company. At a very early stage, the CEO is everything. If the CEO uh, isn't capable, the startup will fail. And I will tell you, the best I've seen the best ideas ever, but the team was weak. The CEO was weak. And with a weak CEO, even the best idea will fail. They cannot implement it. They cannot execute on their idea. But if you find a really strong team with a really excellent CEO, even if they have a mediocre idea, there is a good chance they will figure out and keep, and keep improving and eventually get to an idea that works. Mm. So how do I figure out if a CEO is really capable of launching and succeeding in a startup? Well, the number one thing I look at for that CEO, the number one quality is leadership. If the CEO demonstrates the ability to really lead, then I think uh, the startup has a chance. The reason is because no company is built by one person. Every successful company out there has teams of people that are, that are put together and given a vision and execute on it. So at the very early stages, I don't just look at the CEO's background. Did they go to Harvard or Stanford or some other top university? I don't look at whether they were at Microsoft or, or Uber or Google. What I look at is, has this CEO brought together other people, other top people to actually work with them? And I want to see a CEO who at the beginning in a startup with no money, the startup has no money, so the CEO can't pay anything, has managed to pull people who could have been working for Google. They could have been working for Facebook. They could have gotten top dollar, but instead they gave up those opportunities to work on this startup for equity because they believe in the CEO and the vision. That type of person with those skills has the chance to actually build a company. Now, I will tell you, there are other characteristics too I look for. I look for tenacity. I want a CEO who when they hit obstacles, they don't give up. They don't, they, they will not take no. They always find a way around. I also look for a CEO and a team members 
who are very curious. They're always asking why. Why are we doing this? Why does it work? What can we do differently? CEOs and team members who really want to learn more, understand more, and go deeper, those type of people make the best teams. So if they have those three characteristics, I feel pretty comfortable that this startup is worth taking a bet on, especially at a very early stage. Who are the essential team members for an inventor to have? So it depends on the stage of the startup. If it's very early, the most important roles are number one, somebody who's going to go out and they call it a hustler. Somebody who's going to go out and get business done. Like they will figure out this business. They will bring in clients. They will,、uh, they will do whatever it takes to get the company to the next level. Then you need a hacker or a technical guy or gal, somebody who really understands technology and can use the technology to actually solve problems in a new way. And the third person that is essential at a very early stage is a designer. Somebody who understands user experience, customer experience, can create a UI and UX and all the, the services around it to actually meet the needs of the customer. Those three people are the most important. Once there is a, what we call a product market fit, once you can gauge whether customers really need the product you're developing, then a marketer becomes essential. And you get those four. And the company is going to take off. What is the craziest product idea you've heard so far?、Ah, I hear crazy ideas all the time.、Uh, some of them, you know, people want to do everything. I've heard、uh, startups pitching that they are going to、uh, launch their own satellites into space when they have no money. And, but look, you know, Elon Musk, he made it happen. I, Hear startups dreaming of doing things like invisibility cloaks,、uh, dreaming of doing space elevators. All of these things are potentially possible. Actually, the science is there, but we're very early. Another、uh, one, many years ago, I had a startup coming and pitched to me the idea of an AR, augmented reality contact lens. Now, we are. On the verge of actually seeing this happen. But five years ago, it sounded pretty crazy. So the thing is, when an idea sounds crazy, often they're just a little ahead of their time. So I never dismiss crazy ideas. In fact, I love it when startups come to me and pitch crazy ideas. Okay, so crazy ideas are good. What do you think about getting patents so inventors can claim those crazy ideas belong to them? From what I've seen, especially in the world of early stage startups, the most important thing、uh, startup founders can spend their time on is actually working on their business, not filing patents. First of all, patents tend to be very expensive. Secondly, 98% of patents filed are useless. It's only those 2% that really, really matter. And So, I tell startup founders at the beginning of your company, unless you have de- spent years developing a core technology, something ex-、uh, technology that is extremely valuable to an industry, then don't waste your time、uh, and money on the patents. 
first figure out if there's a real business here. Because if there's not a real business, it doesn't matter if you have a patent. If you have a patent on something that has no business value, you have something pretty worthless. It's, it's not worth your time. And you can spend a lot of time on patents, a huge amount of time. And the legal fees can, you know, they can be $1,000 an hour and up. So it can get very expensive very fast. That's why I say focus on the business. Figure out who your customers are and what they need. And once you figure that out, once you get that engine going, you're giving something to your customers that they really need, then you can begin to search around for patentable things in your methodologies, in your processes that you can patent and actually protect in the future. Now, those patents probably won't help you in the early stages of your company. In fact, you don't even have enough money to go into a legal battle over those patents. When they will help you are years later as you're growing, as you're big. So a lot of startups like Facebook had no patents when they started, Twitter had no patents, uh, Uber had no patents. The patents didn't matter. It was only later when they really started going, when they brought in lots of venture capital, when they scaled up their teams, that they started to file patents and patents became more and more important. So that is my advice for the path of most startups. All right, forget about patents. What is the biggest challenge startups have to overcome? The biggest challenge for most startups, the hardest thing they ever do is knowing when to give up, when to stop working on what they're working on and reevaluate. I would say most startups fail because they work on the same idea too long. And that idea simply will never take off, but they don't want to admit it. Because nobody wants to fail. Nobody wants to give up. Nobody wants to quit. But I will tell you, great startup founders, the ones that are really talented, they try many, many, many things. They're constantly experimenting and they're constantly stopping what isn't working, learning from that, and then trying something new. So the really smart startup founders are quitting all the time. They quit, they try this, quit, try that, quit, try this, quit. But then uh, the, the magic is every time they quit, they never give up. They're always moving forward. They're always learning more. They're always gaining more information. And at a certain point, it clicks and they figure out what works and then they're off. That's when they scale a business. That's when you have what we call product market fit. How can startups learn about product market fit? Is this something founders space can help? What are the services Founderspace provides? Founderspace is all about helping startups accelerate. So we are really an accelerator. We, want, we look at teams who are at an early stage, they have a product, they have a team together, and then they want to get to the next level. They want to break through. They want to raise venture capital. They want to go to market. They want to do all these things. We help train them in that process. We connect them with venture capital. We give them startup coaching, mentorship training. We work with them and make relationships to them. We work with a lot of the biggest corporations in the world. And we'll actually connect the startup to certain corporations so that they can get distribution, resources, support, even technology and other platform assistance. Our goal with startups 
is to really be their engine, to really help them move from that early stage into a growth stage. That is the service that Founderspace provides. As the founder of Founderspace, what makes you the most proud? The most proud I am is when I am working very deeply with a startup, when we are taking apart their business, going deep on what, what problems are stopping them from achieving their full potential. And when we figure out what the roadblock is and how to get around it, and the light bulb goes off in that founder's mind, and you can see their mind just comes alive and they're like, oh, this is it. If we just do this, that'll, that'll, that'll actually help us leapfrog everybody else and get to where we're going. That is what I love the most, the human interaction, the, uh, the becoming part of the startup. So at a critical time in the startup's growth, we're actually there with them as a co-pilot. And being that co-pilot, yeah, that is the most exciting part of the business for me. Who has a strong influence in your life? Who is your role model? So I have done many startups myself. I have uh, worked with lots of really smart advisors, uh, venture capitalists, other uh, entrepreneurs. They have all influenced me in different ways. But if you want to know my role model, somebody I think has really epitomizes what being a great entrepreneur is, that is Elon Musk. Elon Musk, to me, is the archetype of what entrepreneurs should aspire to. First of all, Elon Musk isn't driven by money. He's driven by a vision of really changing the world for the better, doing something. His ultimate goal is to save humanity. And he believes he can do that by getting humans off this planet so that they're living on planet, other planets like Mars. To me, he is willing to risk everything for this vision. He is a true romantic, but he's also a very capable individual. Uh, you know, he has a brilliant mind, he goes very deep on the technology, and he is not afraid. He is not afraid to take enormous risks in order to achieve his dream. And that to me is the ultimate spirit, the, the zeitgeist of the entrepreneur. What is the best piece of advice anyone has ever given you? I've had a lot of good advice in my lifetime, but one of my mentors was a venture capitalist called Steve Williams. And he gave, he was a really incredibly good sales guy. Now I wasn't, when I began, I didn't know how to sell at all. And he coached me uh, throughout my early career on how you approach sales. And one of the many pieces of wisdom he gave me was that you shouldn't spend your time chasing customers. It's not the number of customers you talk to that matters. What matters is the quality of the customers. So you need, as if you're really going to be strategic, about growing your company in the early stages, it doesn't matter if you talk to a thousand potential customers or partners or even venture capitalists. All that matters is you figure out the one or two that are really going to move your business forward. 
So who are those few people out there in the world that are going to make the biggest difference to your business? Put your time into them and you will get a far bigger result than spreading your time out across many, many, many people, most of which the result will be nothing. I have one last question for you, Steve. What's one piece of advice for a person who wants to become a successful inventor? My belief is that there is a fundamental difference between being an inventor and, and an innovator and an entrepreneur. So for a startup, what I look for are innovative entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who don't actually invent anything because inventing a new technology, inventing something takes a lot of time. Most technologies take 10 to 25 years to mature to the point where they're actually ready for commercialization. So when I look at entrepreneurs, I want to see somebody who has looking and taking all these new inventions out there that other people have invented and applying them to solve problems, to actually create value for customers, to do things in a better, more efficient or new way that allows them to leapfrog all the other co competitors in the market. Those people are the ones that I am always looking to invest in. Those are the ones that actually succeed as an entrepreneur. So it's not about sitting in your basement, fiddling with stuff and inventing. It's actually being a great entrepreneur is about going out into the real world, identifying problems that people and businesses have, and then taking the available existing technologies and using them to develop innovative solutions. Thank you, Steve, for sharing your great insights. I have a couple of crazy ideas. And with those ideas, I'd like to join Founders Space. Wonderful. I'm so happy. In this episode, Steve shared with us his experience in working with startups and his insights into their failures. He thinks tenacity is the key to success. A successful startup can keep hitting obstacles, but never gives up. On the other hand, a successful startup stops what's not working, accepts the failures, learns from them, and moves forward with new ideas. We have a Facebook group where we can continue our conversation about him or his ideas. Please check out michiyamamoto.com. Thanks for listening to Inspired by Failure, Lessons Learned from the Journey of Epic Ideas. Stay tuned for our next guest.